Hi, everyone. This is Megan from the Mito Podcast. And for this episode, we talked to Rachel. She is from Cecily's Closet. It's an organization that she started and named after her daughter, Cecily. So we learn a little bit about Cecily and um, also Cecily's Closet, which is just this amazing organization where you can actually donate some of your old equipment. Um, for instance, we donated a Riften stroller, or it's also a place where uh, parents can go to find these things, find supplies. Um, so it's a really great resource for parents. We also talk about um, psychiatric care. We talk about room design um, for special needs kids so that their rooms don't look like hospitals and all sorts of great information. Uh, Rachel was, awesome to talk to. She's an amazing mom and we learned quite a bit from her. So tune in and enjoy. Thank you. Hi, you're listening to the Mito podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And today we have Rachel from Cicely's Closet. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. We really appreciate you taking the time. We know you're super busy. But um, we appreciate you just having the time to be able to talk to us. Yeah. Um, so do you want to explain to us kind of a little bit of your backstory? Sure. Um, so I'm a mom of three kids. And in 2010, um, my husband and I decided, well, actually, that's a lie. I decided we were going <laughs> to do something to help kids with special needs because we had our little girl, Cecily, born in 2009. And we were in and out of radius. So my husband did what many husbands might do, nod and go along like, sure, honey, you know, give you a little pat on the back. And then I just built the website and then launched it with no idea what I'm doing. But all I knew in my heart was that there were all these people who had come to rally around us for Celsius Closet. And when we were in the hospital, I would see people who couldn't afford the parking or, you know, you go to therapy appointments and they'd be like, try this new spoon or what about if you go onto this website and buy these things? And it's not, everything was so expensive. And all I just kept thinking about was how stressful that would be if you didn't have the means to support your kid. And it and money doesn't solve any of it, but at least you can feel like you're getting the stuff for your kid. So um, fast forward, my parents did this room makeover for Cecily, for Cecily. And it just brought so much joy to our life and made her room less like a hospital, made us feel more normal. So we decided to just throw all this stuff together and say, let's call it Dusty's Closet. And we never expected it to do anything. We just wanted to have a way to give back to the community. And that's how we started it. Yeah, that's so amazing because like you said, with having a special needs son myself, the equipment is so expensive. And I, I guess, you know, people always think, oh, it's always covered by insurance and oh. insurance pays for everything. And it's like, you know, my husband and I are both teachers and we had great insurance and it does not cover 90% of the things. And then when you try to purchase them without insurance, like strollers and oh, yeah. push chairs, they're thousands of dollars. And buy it, a car. Yeah, exactly. Buy a car. Exactly. And it's so, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. And I think people don't really understand that unless they have a special needs child or they know of someone just how expensive things are. And I, that's how I first um, actually found out about Cecily's Closet was um, one of our other moms, Christina, was actually a part of it and had um, donated some things. And I'm like, I literally have a Riften stroller that, you know, your child grows out of them. And then 
what do you do with them? You don't necessarily want to sell them because like you said, you want to give it to somebody else in need, but I didn't know how to get in contact with anybody who might need something like this. And she said, Oh, post it on Sessler's closet. And they, you know, and since then I've been following, you know, your, your Facebook group. And there are so many amazing families that just have so many extra things that they can't use or that they bought too much of, or just whatever the reason. And you know, you're able to find families in need. And that's, that's amazing. It's very helpful to the special needs community. So well, we, love, we love doing it. It's a gift. I think it's like people can go to therapy, which I highly recommend, but this is kind of our form of therapy, you know, helping others helps us. And we like to think that we're teaching our boys also that you need to support your community and they can see their parents doing stuff, even though life is throwing some lemons. Absolutely. So do people, so how, how does that work? People have so to donate and then yeah. you, so we have, we have a, a website, but I have to admit, um, I've been really bad at using it since social media came along, but what we have three programs, but two of them are operating right now. So the, the first one that is really why we formed it in the first place was for the, um, equipment recycling, because we just felt passionate about trying to get equipment to the right families in need and have a way when you're done with it to get it out of the house. So you can either email us or just go directly to our Facebook page at Sessa's Closet. You could just search it up and, um, follow the page. And then what people do is they either contact us directly or just write on the page, hey, I need a stroller for, you know, this right now we're looking for one for a 15 year old girl, right? Because do they make strollers for 15 year olds? No, but if you wanna buy one, you're gonna spend about $3,000. So, you know, just trying to encourage people. And it's kind of like Craig's list, you know, and, and I was nervous and we were nervous for a while. We used to hand off the equipment manually and it just started growing and it was going so fast that by the time I get something to the storage unit, somebody wanted it. So we're like, you know what, let's just see if we can move to caregiver to caregiver. So we get the equipment, then we just post it up and we do it on a first come first serve basis, which a lot of people don't like, but we're super tiny. We're so tiny. And there's so many things like one day when life isn't crazy that we want to do to make it more like our day jobs and more organized and more professional. But at the end of the day, we just want to know that we've helped somebody and we know it's not a perfect system. And it's on the honor system. Um, but, you know, it's just about having a little bit of, you know, information out there, like resources that, you know, like before, I think before we started recording, we we're talking about having resources. So if we stumble on something, we put it out there. We know of event that's coming up, we put it out there. Um, and then that's how people can get the equipment. And then the other thing that we haven't talked about is we do these things called belly bands. So our little Cecily, when she was a tater tot, um, had a trouble, you know, eating. I mean, and she just had multiple surgeries and multiple feeding tubes and still failure to thrive. That's like, like who, who named that? That's a terrible name. But um, so we got the G-tube, fundoplication, in and out of radies, and her G-tube just kept coming out, even though everyone was like, oh, it's gonna be so easy. No, it wasn't for us, which made me feel really stupid since everybody kept telling me how easy it was gonna be. So my mom is super crafty and she made these little belts and um, we call them belts, but that's their bands. Um, and they're just fabric and they wrap around your tummy and they're super, super simple and soft. And they close with Velcro. And we just started, you know, it was kind of a happy accident. Some nurses at Rady saw Cecily with them, asked how we got them. And then 
would kind of, we'd go around and measure kids and then just make them. And then we're like, maybe we should put this on the website. And it just took off. And now we ship them nationally for free. And there's a lot of people who have asked for our patterns. And now I see them charging for it on Etsy. But our model is just trying to help. We're not trying to make any money off this. It's just about, you know, as long as we can still fund it, it'll always be free. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know about that, uh, the belly bands. I, I've seen those. Um, Angie had a, um, a G-tube and it was, hers never popped out, but I was always trying to find something to cover it so that things wouldn't get caught and it wouldn't like it. Yeah. It never did, but it was so scary for me to like, ever think like it's, it's yeah. a piercing in your belly. Like what it, oh, if yeah. my earring gets caught on everything. Like I can't imagine your belly. Oh yeah. Ours got caught. I mean, in ways that made me feel like, oh God, I'm that mom back to the radies we go. Like, how did this happen? But I swear we are watching her. Um, but you know what the other gift of that was is um, a lot of people were afraid to hold her after that. And she was tiny. She was still a baby. And I get it. I would have been too. I um, And so that made other people feel more comfortable. Like, okay, it's wrapped up. I'm not going to touch it. Um, and so even if people just use them for a couple of days, you know, or a week after you get it, it's like a little safety blanket. And um, my sister's a nurse. And her family, um, that we're all family run pretty much, um, mails them out and distributes them. So my nephews, you know, every, everybody's got a hand in it, <laughs> a family ran thing, um, you know, and it's good. It teaches the kids and my, my boys and her boys, you know, that, um, this is how you can help. Yeah. And then I think that's awesome because a lot of times you don't know. I mean, a lot of people don't know how they can help and, and they want to do something, but it's, it's kind of hard to delegate that, you know? Oh yeah. So that's <laughs> awesome that they can see that and that you have so many helpers being able to, to work with you, do it. Yeah. We've uh, had tremendous support by the community and, and I was really sad to close the room makeover program. We, we say it's temporarily closed, but COVID really added to the duration of that closure because obviously we don't want to be going into people's homes and, and also, you know, introducing any risk. But our hope is if Cecily gets stronger and gets through um, a really difficult time that we're having right now, that we'll be able to reopen that program. But um, we're family first, so it's not a good time for our family. And that program is very hands-on. And I felt it was taking too much time away from my own kids and um, they need me. And I feel like sometimes I'm sure as parents, you feel like this, like I'm present, but not always present because I'm just stressed out. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're, we're just dialing it back for a little bit, trying to keep the wheels on the bus. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I started a, a program. You're like literally explaining it exactly what my, exactly what I did. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I had to stop too because of COVID. Um, yeah. and actually I was working on Troy's room. Yeah, my son. <laughs> oh and yeah. So, I didn't know you did rooms. How fun. Yeah. And, but the same, I had to stop because it's, it's just too, well, one, it was too scary, obviously during COVID. And now, um, I've reached out a, a, quite a bit and, and I just can't find anybody that wants their room done. Um, oh, so well, I, I can help you with that. I, I, I killed me because I still get, we still get requests, you know, and the stories, um, Oh, you know, they tug, they tug at your little heartstrings. And, and my husband's always like, we're broken. <laughs> we can't do this. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That that's really cool. Um, but can you actually talk a little bit more about Cecily? Yeah. Um, so she is our miracle girl. Um, she just turned 13 
I can't believe it on Monday of this week, 13. Oh, my son's birthday was yesterday. Oh yeah. It's, it's, He's 14. Oh wow. Yeah. I just honestly can't, can't believe it for a variety of reasons. They never thought she'd make it to this age. Um, I think we didn't either. Um, but she was born with, um, well, no, she was born what they would consider healthy. And I kept saying, are we sure? Are we sure? I feel like something's wrong. And um, of course, the way sometimes things happen, they made it they made it about me. Like, oh, this mom is like looking for problems. But lo and behold, by six months, seven months, things started to materialize. And um, they uh, still, she's still undiagnosed, but she has a myriad of like individual diagnoses, if you will. So, you know, failure to thrive. We've had multiple surgeries. Um, she just has a doctor, I'll just say for every system that you could have. So she's followed by 15 plus, I think now we're up to probably 22 doctors. We've been to five different hospitals across the United States trying to figure out if we could solve it. And it's like whack-a-mole. There's so many things that she's had and overcome in ways that the doctors never thought possible. I mean, they told us she would never walk, never talk, or never get out of a wheelchair. And um, I remember saying, to a doctor who I love now, but, but, um, being that I have a little bit of a sassy mouth, I was like, Oh, now you have an effing crystal ball, because I don't know if you've ever asked a question to a doctor and they're like, we don't have a crystal ball. So mm -hmm. I was like, where'd you get that ball? <laughs> because now you have the answer. And we got into it. And I remember my husband being like, you need to sit down. And I was like, no, you need to sit down. <laughs> so I said, Nope, she's going to do all of those things. Just watch her go. And so she's overcome infantile spasms, which is a catastrophic form of childhood epilepsy, um, hypoglycemia, dumping syndrome. I mean, her sugars went down to 27 and it was a crash cart and she came back kicking, you know, and now we're um, probably in the toughest year of our life because her heart is not doing good. And we really need a heart transplant. So, so life is tough. Um, she's in and out of the hospital and more in than out, but she has such a spirit. Um, she is so tough. I don't think there's anybody tougher. I mean, I have two boys who are so athletic and rough and tough, and she's just like can hang right in there. If they want to do something, she wants to do it. And, um, you know, she did everything later than what you were expected to do. I mean, she didn't really start talking to us until she was six, but I was convinced she was going to do it. I knew she had a lot to say. And I remember praying and looking into her face and being like, come on, say something, you know? And then now we're sometimes like, stop talking. <laughs> so it's, um, and especially because she does not have volume control. So, um, it can get really loud. Um, but we're just passionate about, I think at the end of the day, giving people hope, um, when your child is diagnosed with whatever it might be. And to be honest, they actually think she has some mitochondrial issue. Um, that's what they think is the root cause, but despite genetics tests, six ways to Sundays, gene, genome, full exome, full genome, mm -hmm. just so many levels of sequencing, everything comes back as a goose egg. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, we just knew we were given dire news. And I think that it's really important for doctors to be straight with families, but it's also important. I remember Googling in the hospital, looking for a success story, just like there's got to have been some kid that beat these odds. And I found it and I just closed the computer because I had my answer. I was like, I, she's going to be fine. She's going to do this. And our little teeny tiny insignificant organization is just our way of putting positive stories out there and trying to portray the kids 
when we would do the room makeovers, part of the reason we did that was to kind of show stories of the kids and, and really show that they're more than these labels or how they might sound or look or just the things that get put on to these children and families and that we're regular people. You know, it's I'm not that special needs mom. I'm just a mom and I have multiple kids and you know, we're all just trying to make it and we want the best for our kids, whatever their diagnosis might be. And, um, you know, that's, that's our passion. That's what we're here for. That's why we do what we do. Um, I, w- I just wish that we could do more of it, but um, life's throwing lemons. So we're just going to try and make that lemonade exactly. <laughs> with some vodka um, <laughs> and a lot of gin. <laughs> <laughs> Some tonic in there. <laughs> oh yeah, all of it, all of it in there. Now, now, great. My parent, my kids' teachers. I mean, if anybody ever hears this, they'll be like, "What? Oh, what is that, Mom? Can you explain?" It to me? <laughs> she looks so together when we see her. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, my friends would never say that. <laughs> um, what's anyway. the age difference for your sons? My oldest is fifteen. And so Sussie just turned 13. And then my little one is going to be 10 at the end of this month. So they're, they're pretty close together. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, it's the, you know, I, I love kids. I mean, I could have had a billion of them. You know, I just love, 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 love kids. And um, her older brother is so sweet with Cecily. And so it's, it's actually kind of interesting because I, I uh, both of the boys are really sweet, but Noah probably treats her differently, but in a way that is protective, caring, so wonderful, reads to her every night, gives her cuddles. I mean, I just have endless pictures of that. Then my little one just treats her like you set the table, you know, holds her (laughs) accountable in ways that, and she loves it because he doesn't see, you know, only recently because of the hospital stays, has he seen her in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's refreshing, you know, and, and he doesn't let her off the hook. I mean, and she, we, we created a princess. I mean, whoa, she is, you know, I mean, it's our fault. We did it, (laughs) but uh, if you think you're going to lose your child, the things that you do, right. And then they rally back and you're like, oh man, I'm going to have to undo that. (laughs) So anyway, he holds her really accountable, but at the end of the day, they both, um, I like to think that despite the fact that we don't do a lot of the things that other families do that I guess are first world problems, but you know, we don't travel or um, things look just different and we're very loud. And we also make scenes many places that we go that mm. they'll have a different perspective when they're older, but it is hard for them, you know, and, and it took me a while to really appreciate that. And a lot of therapy um, that they need to, they need to be able to say what they need to say and be who they are. I think it's really a gift to be a sibling and also really hard because mom or dad uh, might seem preoccupied. And I know for me, especially this year, uh, um, I never thought I was that way, but sometimes my friends will be like, over here, Rachel. <laughs> like, and and, and it, I, I hate it because then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm dropping the ball. Um, but we can only do our best, right? Exactly. So, at the end of the day, that's what I try to say when I go to bed. When the ticker tape starts going and I'm like, I didn't do this, I didn't do this. <laughs> that's like me every single night. <laughs> yeah. Turn it off. I do think, um, just in my experience with Troy, Troy is an only child. Um, we were definitely told not to have any other kids <laughs> right when Troy was diagnosed, um, which was a strange thing to hear, but, um, yeah. you know, going on, we understand that, uh, 
that's not necessarily the case if you have a child that's diagnosed with mino. But um, anyway, I'm old now, so Troy's it. Um, but, you know, seeing people that have special needs child and also other children, just how amazing those children are and how they just learn. Like you said, absolutely. I'm sure it's extremely difficult because, you know, when you have a child with special needs, there's so much more that you have to do for them that maybe you don't have to do for mm -hmm. your, you know, healthy children, but, um, they're just raised to be such amazing human beings. They just see the world so differently. And it's, you know, there's definitely, like you said, there's benefits as well as, you know, drawbacks to it. Yeah. Um, Troy went to a, a preschool and kindergarten um, that had um, typical functioning children. And then it also had special needs children. Um, and it was just, it was just amazing to watch for Troy to be able to see, you know, the different things that these yeah. children were doing and then how they interacted with him. And it was just such a special thing. And I, I'd wish that I had 50 more kids to bring home with Troy every day, but obviously we don't. Yeah. <laughs> so we do the best that we can. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I, I wish there were more schools like that. Um, that's great. And where, where are you? I'm sorry, we probably should have asked that. Oh, um, we live in uh, Cardiff. Oh, okay. And, um, Cecily actually goes to La Costa Heights Elementary because um, where we live, um, the school didn't have the services for the, the, the types of services that she would need. But I have to say, um, shout out to La Costa Heights Elementary. I mean, just um, so unbelievably fabulous. She's so loved um, and the care and the teaching and, and just kind of getting behind. She can do whatever, you know, whatever she wants, like set the goal and let's go get it. And um, I'm a big believer in, in, in that, you know, and as long as they're happy and, and having fun, right? At the end of the day, life is short and you just have to enjoy it as, you know, every day. You have to make, make some kind of fun after every day. I mean, that's, I think that's also the gift of Cecily. My husband and I are probably two type A people and having Cecily really, um, we had all these plans, which now just seem hilarious. Um, but, you know, now it's like, okay, this is, this is it. Well, we got to make the joy, you know, we're not going to get invited to a party. We'll throw the party, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's very true. My husband is actually Troy's stepdad. And when he first came into it, um, just learning the different things, it's like, yep, yeah, we're going to go to this concert because Troy likes music. We may yep. be there five minutes. We may be there the whole concert. We don't know. We don't care how much we just paid. We're just going to do yep. the experience and see what happens. <laughs> and yep. he was like, oh, okay. And now, now we've been married for quite some time. And he's like, this is how, this is how we do things. Yep. <laughs> it yep. could be an epic failure or it could be the best thing ever. And we're going to yeah. do it every day. Yeah. For yeah. <laughs> how is this going to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a good sense of humor is required to uh, get through every day. <laughs> I yeah. think, you know, I, I mean, I think every day, every day lately seems to be a shit show. <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to get through, you know, and I mean, I think we're lucky to live where we live and have wonderful family and friends. And, you know, I have like this amazing rock star parents that just, I don't know, it was like, anytime I wanted to give up, we're like, no no, you can do this and just got right behind us. And that's just, I think, like such a gift. And it makes me sad when I know families that don't have that or people don't have support. And, and oh, that kills me because like sometimes I have to kick myself in the teeth and be like, you have all these people, get on with it, you know, get over yourself. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> but yeah. 
anyway, that's our story. That's that's our little organization, and you can find us on Facebook. And we're always willing to, you know, do really anything. I mean, we have visions for the organization, and like I said, I'm I'm hoping when the kids are older, um, we'll have more time and be able to really do more and enjoy more. And I always say to Cecily's teachers and stuff, like I feel like I don't volunteer or do much because life is so busy. But I was like, hey, when my kids are older, I'm coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Making up for a lot of time. Well, I definitely think your organization is amazing. And we appreciate being another special needs parents that there's some way to somewhere to go to find things that we need or to, you know, give things away that we no longer need that can help another family. So that's it's amazing what you do. Yeah, I know you said earlier. I know you said earlier it's just this small little thing that you threw together, but everything that you have explained and everything that you do through it, it might seem like it's thrown together or a little to you, but to the person that is getting the help. Sorry. It's, it's amazing. That's like their whole world. It's just like you yeah. said, you have to enjoy the moment. It sucks that life is giving you lemons and that you're forced to have to make this organic drink that's going to get you through the day. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, it's people like you that, that help those other people get through the day. And like you said, just having a spoon for feeding therapy or a yeah. band for a G tube, like it, it is so much. So something that seems so little is, is going to be someone's entire world. And thank you for, for thinking just to put all that together. Oh, you're so, so sweet. Well, it's this amazing community of people that have gotten behind us. You know, my husband and I, um, uh, are just so gr- profoundly grateful, like to our family and friends who thought we were even more insane than usual. Um, and to my husband who puts up with all of this. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but no, I'm excited to follow your your group. And I, it's funny because when you first reached out, I've just been so in it with Cecily that I didn't mm-hmm. have the capacity to even like. I had to take a leave of absence from work because I I've missed so much work that I can't even do my. I have a day job, um, and it's been really just like trying to keep the wheels on the bus. Um, so even getting back to messages, sometimes it's like impossible, but I um, been reading a lot about mitochondrial stuff, trying to figure out like, could it be, is this the underlying cause for all of these things? You know, when was the last time you guys had your genetic testing done? We just repeated it for the heart transplant because actually it was, it wasn't going to be a blocker. They never officially said it was going to be a blocker, but they were very concerned. Um, and I, and I really, even though I don't want to hear that or didn't want to hear that, I understand. I mean, there's only so many hearts to go around and you want it to go to somebody who's going to preserve their life, right? And the concern was that Susie's body um, would either reject it or she would injure it in the same way that she has injured her own heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just did so many mitochondrial tests uh, the day before Thanksgiving, actually, because we were, we did a long haul at, um, in Radies for, for a bit. When, um, when do you get your results or have you? We've gotten so far, they've all been inconclusive and they were such expensive tests. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. that it matters, but it's just, again, like people think, oh, insurance pays for this. But no, like if you're looking for the answers, they don't, you yeah. know, I mean, there were tests back in the day that were the price of a car, you know, but if, but we wanted the, I mean, how could you put a price tag on your kid's future? And for us, for the boys, like 
the, you know, I remember, I remember thinking, and I'm grateful that my husband, like we, we had to have lots of discussions about this, right? Cause it, you know, you, it truly is opening up Pandora's box because I don't know some days I, some days I feel grateful that I don't know because I just think it sometimes gives me hope. But then there's other days where I think even if they told me she had that, I'd be like, that doesn't matter. She had, she will be the one person to defeat it. You know, it's the, it's the balance point. And so my parents were really concerned that if we had gotten some of the answers when we initially started these tests back when she was probably nine months old, I think is when we started. So we've been doing these tests for a long time and we took her to the Mayo Clinic. I mean, all over, the kid's been all over. Um, and everybody's stumped. And even now, like last week, we had a, a most terrifying week, the most terrified I've ever been, um, thought I was losing her. And then today, if you were to see her, you'd be like, who's this? Like, I mean, it's just, that's her. You know, she is, You, I mean, you can never count that kid out. I don't know how she has so many lives. Like, she's a cat. She's a cat. <laughs> <We> like cats. <laughs> and then she just comes back, you know, claws her way back and... Uh, Sometimes I feel like the people at Radies, had they not seen all shades of the rainbow, would just think I made it all up. Because I also sometimes, I don't know if you've ever felt like that as a mom, but like you're conveying all these things and then you bring them in and they seem fine, but you're like, I promise you, like, and you have the records because their pumps and their machines have all their numbers, but it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy making, not that I want it to be true, but it's just. And then you feel even more crazy when you're trying to like videotape it. Yes. Oh, you're like. No, oh, I don't yeah. want her to get hurt, but I need to, I need this on camera so that they yeah. can see I'm not insane. Like this is happening. I don't yeah, know. How to I, I do. I actually video a lot. And one of the things that I'm passionate about, which will be my next adventure when I um, have the time to fight it is psychiatric care. Um, and, and, and really trying to fix that. I'm baffled at the system, um, baffled at all of it that there's no on-site care at some of our local hospitals for children that really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that when you go to see a psychiatrist, we've been turned down by in the last month, 20 psychiatrists and four centers and mm-hmm. she really needs help, you know, and, it, and, and, and it's, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. And I'm super, super passionate about it. You just need to find another gear to be able to fight it. But I, um, I will, and that is what like my mission will be to try and get that help because I think about it, like, and when I say this is we'll rub people the wrong way, but you know, cancer kids, like everyone can rally around them. Right. But special needs kids, sometimes it's like they're judged or like, cause they're different or they're not that, you know, it's just, you know, and then psyche, you add psychiatric and they're acting maybe in what seems like a disobedient or erratic or way, but obviously they're hurting. There's something in their body that's making them feel that way. And to just kind of turn a blind eye and only treat the medical side is, um, is baffling to me in 2022. Yeah. So, um, I'm really, if, if you guys know of any good resources for that, um, I would love, love to know about them, but I'm in, I'm on the hunt and I'm doing a massive amount of research because it's primary research. I'm trying to find help for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wild. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I've run into some of that too with Troy and behavior things. And because he doesn't have a specific diagnosis, um, mm-hmm. places won't even consider seeing him, consider yep. giving him any sort of therapy or even really talking to us because he doesn't have a specific 
diagnosis. Right. I don't even care that insurance doesn't cover it because obviously, you know, like you said, we're going to do what we're going to, what Troy yeah. needs no matter what. But it's like when places won't even talk to us because he doesn't fit in this specific yeah. particular box. It's like, well, hey, <laughs> I'm sure most kids with special needs who are nonverbal or there are so many behavior things and they're trying to get, like you said, get yeah. things out and we need to help them. But yet, yeah, that's, um, I applaud you on that quest because we've been on the same one for not very long, but it's just interesting that um, there's not a lot of help out there yeah. um, right now. It's um. And it makes really being for us, a lot of it manifests just inpatient because developmentally she's come a, a long way, which she used to be almost frozen in time um, and some, somewhat frozen, like not a lot of, you know, expression. I always felt like she was in there, but, but she wasn't communicating with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that she doesn't want to be in there, I mean, and it's, 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 it's sad also for her neighbors in other rooms, you know, and sometimes parents look at me and I'm like, do you think I'm not trying? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, uh, and, and doctors will come in and be like, we really need you to get a hold of, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a hold of you. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I bet you could find a restraint for me. So maybe we need the help over here. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm passionate about it. And um, I don't know. I just think it, it's just sad and I don't know how to fix it. And, and we really need the help right now for her on that area. But um, I think more can be done and we just need to kind of have more parents. I mean, it's parents who evoke change, right? There's a thing that we use for Susie called Gus Gear um, for her central line. It's the most amazing thing ever created by a family. You know, it, it's like families are going to get the answers. And so I feel passionate that that this cause needs to be um, brought to the table and like our, our hospitals in, in town need to hear it and, and start to treat it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that's why we said, which we talked about earlier, we started this podcast because parents are the ones who mm-hmm. share so much information and figure these things out. Um, right. and so it's parents, are constant, it's a constant reinvent inventing. Right. Yeah. And we don't need to reinvent the will. We just need to let each other, like give each yep. other the will, you know, Yeah. <laughs> everybody and jump on my wagon. We've already <laughs> figured it out. We've paved the road. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's hard, right? Because with the internet, you can find answers for anything, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know. I just think it, it takes, you know, that expression, it takes the village is to- totally true. Um, because it is, I mean, most of the stuff that I've learned has been from, you know, being at therapeutic writing and talking to another mom, you know, which isn't the same conversation that I have with parents when I'm, you know, doing my typical kid activities, you know, and sometimes I feel like a foreign being when I want to relate, but I just can't like, and and then, and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where I feel like I, I call it a social pariah because I'm the special needs mom. That's like my persona, but I was like, no, I can go and do shots I could do whatever you know I mean gosh I'm gonna sound like such a lush this is <laughs> but you know what I mean like you want to feel like I'm still a person I'm still yeah. me um but I can have these different avenues that I want to you know and same for the special needs kids I feel like they put they're put in a box and it's like they can have these different avenues you know there's no reason we have to have all these labels and it's not for me it's not about semantics for me like I I say things wrong all the time but my intention is positive <laughs> um <laughs> 
you know, it's just about giving people, um, I don't know, the access and, and, and the help and, and also being there to hear them, you know, um, and, and I think some of the most amazing moms, like my friend Caroline, who formed, you know, from, from Alex's Odyssey, she's a great, great person um, and fighting for rare disease. And it's just so much work that parents have done that have paved the way. Right. And that's, I think, the, the way forward. And I know I wouldn't be standing upright if I didn't have some moms that kind of reached out to me and kind of, I mean, sounds like dramatic to say saved me, but I think they did because we've gone through some really hard times and we use humor to diffuse it all, but like hard times. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to share that with people who don't understand. And it's not because they're not trying to understand. And it's not like I'm trying to belittle them, like you won't get it. But it's just really hard, hard, I think, for someone to understand if they haven't been in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, well, I have blabbed on. See, pull my <laughs> string. Blah, 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 blah. No, it was her. And we can all take shots together. So we don't even have to do <laughs> no. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We were really oh, of course. talking to us. That's um, so nice you. to meet you guys. And I'm, 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 I love what you're doing. And I'm going to. Thank you everyone for listening in to the Mito podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, um, Apple, and on our website, mitopodcast.com. Bye.